Knoxville Tower, runway 23 left at Alpha 8, taxi via Alpha Taxiway. No delay, wind 2904, runway 23 left at Alpha 8, clear for takeoff, traffic 3 mile final. Read back correct, tower for taxi, have a good flight. Welcome to From the Runway Up. I'm Becky. And I'm Caitlin. And we work in the Public Relations Department at McGee Tyson Airport in Knoxville, Tennessee. We understand that going behind the scenes in an airport these days isn't as easy as it used to be. So that's where this podcast comes in. Each episode, we'll give you a behind-the-scenes look of current events at our airport and in the aviation industry as a whole. So fasten your safety belts and join us on this aviation adventure. Hello from the Runway Up listeners. Thank you for tuning in to this episode. Today we're going to do something a little different. We are going to provide you with some quick fire Q&A from our most frequently asked questions. Well, and we're also going to put the spotlight on some of the experts who work every day in and out here at McGee Tyson about some of the things that you want to hear and know about. You know, we ask you after every single episode, if you have anything you'd like for us to talk about, please feel free to share. And so thank you to those listeners that have been asking us questions. We also went to our Facebook and Instagram and our email just to kind of look at the questions that we get asked over and over because, you know, if one person has a question, odds are that a lot of people have that question. So we are going to give you all the answers that you are looking for today. So we are sending Caitlin out to ask the questions that you want to know about. So you've asked and we are here to serve. So Caitlin's going to take some time to interview multiple areas of the airport with different questions that are very interesting and in-depth into operations, processes. It really covers the gamut. It really does. So I hope that you learn as much as I do today. So Jim Evans, who is our vice president of marketing and air service development, is going to answer these for us, or he's going to do his best to do so. Right, Jim? I will make an attempt. Okay. So the first question is, will Frontier offer nonstop flights from TYS to MCO this year? As it stands right now, as we record this in mid-October, no. We have not been told that they will resume that service for the winter. However, airlines are changing schedules very frequently these days, so I wouldn't rule it out, but as it stands right now, no. Okay, next question. Are you guys doing flights to Fort Myers next year for spring break? No, we, uh, we've never had service to Fort Myers. However, we do have frequent service to uh, Punta Gorda which is located just right up the road from, uh, from Fort Myers. So Allegiant flies to Puna Borda several times a week. It's a great alternative. Okay, next question. How many nonstop destinations do we have now and how many did we lose during the pandemic? That is a great question, Caitlin. And the numbers somewhat change as we get into this. Uh, we've had service and we've lost service and we've gotten it back and we've lost it. But in general, uh, prior to COVID-19, we had planned on service to 28 nonstop markets around the country. Today, uh, I believe we serve 24 of those 28 markets that we, we thought that we would have. The four that we are missing, Myrtle Beach was supposed to have come in for this summer and Allegiant Air made the decision to delay that until the summer of 2021. 
So we'll see that one come back next year. Uh, the other three, which is uh, Washington National Airport, New York LaGuardia, and Minneapolis-St. Paul, uh, we anticipate getting all of those routes back at some point this year. Uh, but as it stands right now, those are the three that we thought we would have flying this fall that, that we don't. Uh, they're all strong business markets. And I think when business travel rebounds, uh, the airlines will put the service back in to those three cities. So 24 out of 28 as it stands today. Now, I will say that it, even though we fly to uh, those 24 cities, there may not be the same frequencies that people are used to. In some cases, uh, some of the routes that went from two or three flights a day have now turned into three or four flights a week. And we're continuing to experience uh, way more cancellations than, than we are used to seeing. But uh, in theory, we go to 24 markets nonstop, which is a great deal of service for an airport our size. And we look forward to getting back to normal and growing that number going forward. Okay. Next question. Have any of the national airline furloughs impacted our local operations at McGee Tyson? Not directly. Um, pretty much all the major carriers have gone through a pretty significant downsizing on the number of employees. Uh, in terms of the, the flights at TYS, we have not seen a local impact. Doesn't mean that we won't. But right now, as we you know, I knock on wood here, uh, it has not impacted us like it has some of the other larger cities. And speaking of that, ExpressJet has now closed operations in Knoxville. What does that mean for TYS? Well, ExpressJet was a United Express Airlines operator, and they had a, a heavy maintenance center here at our airport where airplanes would come in on a regular basis for extensive maintenance. The facility had over 200 employees, and it was one of the, the real crown jewels from an economic development standpoint here at the airport. What happened with ExpressJet was United advised them a few months ago that really because of, of the airline shrinking, they no longer needed ExpressJet to fly for them. So essentially, they, they dropped them off of the United network. ExpressJet was not able to find another carrier to fly for, so they made the management decision to just shut the company down. What it means for us here is that we have a, a very large hangar that we are now looking for another air carrier, another aerospace company of some sort to come into and take that building and, and bring it back to life. We also hope that whoever that is uh, will, will be in a position to rehire some of those 200 plus ExpressJet employees that unfortunately you know, have lost their jobs throughout all this. So we, we think we have a good story to tell and that we have a, a building, a large hangar that is ready to go for a new tenant. And we also have an employee group here that is looking for work. So we, we think we, we have a strong story to tell. However, in this environment, I don't know how long it's going to take to get somebody in there, but we, we're confident we will have a replacement company in that building before too long. Good. Finally, last question. What are your current passenger numbers looking like and what are your projections for 2021? Uh, our traffic, let me, let me preface my answer by saying we're coming off of three back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back record years here at the airport in terms of our passenger traffic. We set new records in 2017, 2018, and 2019, and we started out 2020 on par to make 2020 our, our fourth record year in a row. Uh, 
COVID hit us in the middle of March, and since then, our, our traffic really has dropped significantly. The month of March, we were down 50%. Month of April, we were down 96%. And then we started climbing out of it a little bit in the, in the months that followed April, where our traffic, as we speak today, is down about 60%, 55 to 60%. But we, it is trending back upwards. So we're encouraged that it is climbing back. It will not get to where it was last year. The, the general industry consensus is that it will take four to five years for the industry to get back to where we were in 2019. And I, I think that that same industry standard is going to be applicable to McGee-Tyson Airport as well. So we're going to have a, a long, slow climb to get back to where we were uh, just a few months ago. So the key to this right now is that corporate and international travel really has not rebounded to the extent that leisure travel has. The majority of the people that are flying with us right now are leisure travelers, be they going on fall break or going to visit grandma in Oregon or, or for whatever reason. But, but the, the usual road warrior business traveler has not come back to us yet. So we really need those people, the, the true frequent flyers, we need them back. And I don't know when that will happen. But historically, air travel always rebounds after a, a crisis. And again, we think it'll take three, four, maybe five years to get us back to where we want to be. Here's the question about traffic. I, we think we're going to finish up uh, this year with just a little under a million total passengers at this airport. We haven't projected 2021 out yet, but I think 2021 would probably about, just this is a pure guess, I'd say 1.2, 1.3 million people. And by comparison, in 2019, we did 2.5 million passengers. So we got a way to go. Wow. Well, and you mentioned the leisure versus the, the road warrior. In our Allegiant podcast, Hillary Gray with Allegiant was talking about how, you know, they are, you know, all airlines are struggling, but Allegiant's doing pretty well with their leisure destinations, especially with people wanting to, you know, travel and go to outdoor recreational areas, kind of like the Smokies. So wow. it has been to our benefit that we have so many increased flights and destinations on Allegiant. Yeah, the thing about Allegiant, it's not only Tennesseans going down to Florida or going to Las Vegas or going to the 15 or 16 different markets that Allegiant serves. Allegiant is bringing people in to our market. As you said, they're going to the Smokies. They're going up to kind of get away from the world and sit in a cabin on top of a mountain. You know, the, there is a real strength in outdoor leisure destinations. I mean, that's certainly what we are. Uh, unfortunately, Allegiant launched four new markets out of here in, during the summer and the fall of uh, 2020. So we have not really seen the strength from some of these new markets that normally we would have. And, and by example, Boston uh, just started, Chicago started, Houston started, and, and Austin, Texas started. And they started right when, for the most part, when COVID broke out. So. Uh, there hasn't been the marketing, there hasn't been the level of awareness in some of these cities about coming to East Tennessee and the Smokies. So we're, we're very grateful that Allegiant has continued to offer these flights, even though really they're, they're not carrying full loads by any means. 
Now, by comparison, the Florida markets generally are doing great. You know, people have said, I'm tired of this. I want to go to the beach and I'm going. So most of the beach destinations are doing really well. Las Vegas has been doing pretty well, too. So uh, there, there's a lot of ways to get out of town. And there's a lot of ways to get into town if, if you live somewhere else. And the, the vast majority of our traffic right now is coming and going on Allegiant Air because they are a low fare vacation air carrier. And we're, we're very happy and very fortunate to have the level of service from Allegiant at our market that we do have. Well, and you mentioned Boston. I know personally, I was looking forward to the new Boston service. I was wanting to plan a trip, but alas... Yeah, I'm in the same boat. We still may go. Uh, You know, part of the problem has been that it's not really the airline necessarily, but some of the state restrictions and some of the upline cities make it very difficult to go visit for a weekend. You know, Massachusetts, and I'm not sure if this is still in effect or not, but uh, Massachusetts was one of those states where as soon as you land, you had to fill out a health questionnaire. Uh, you had to put yourself into self-quarantine for 14 days, no matter where you're staying. So if you want to go to, to Boston for a weekend, it's kind of hard to quarantine for two weeks. So that really hurt our ability for people from Tennessee going up to Massachusetts. The people in Massachusetts don't have that same restriction when it comes to, to coming to Tennessee. So it, it's been difficult for, for some of these markets. I think Chicago had the same restriction on it. You know, Chicago is a great town to go to for a weekend, but not if you have to quarantine once you get there. So we're we're in a new world when it comes to, to some of these uh, problems that we're facing, and we can all just hope and pray that it will pass and we can get back to normal as soon as we can. Well, and Boston and Chicago, too, are both really great baseball cities, but there haven't been any baseball games. So hopefully these flights will, you know, continue to be offered out of Mickey Tyson, and once everything opens back up, we can support him. Yeah, this was supposed to be my year to go to Fenway and well, that hasn't worked out. So maybe I hope it's there next year. (laughs) Okay, Jim, thank you so much for answering these questions for us. Caitlin, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Whenever you're in town, please call me. Okay, so for these next few questions, we have Joel Williams with us. He is the Parking and Ground Transportation Administrator. So, Joel, thank you for answering these questions for us. We appreciate it. Hey, glad to be here. So, what we will do is we will start off with uh, this question. What is the difference between the short-term, long-term, and economy parking lots? The differences between short-term, long-term, and economy parking are where these parking options are located, and the daily rate that's charged to park in them. So, for example, if someone, the economy parking lots, they are located furthest from the airport terminal, and therefore they have the lowest daily rate. On the other hand, the long-term and short-term parking areas are closer to the terminal. In fact, most of the parking spaces in long-term and short-term parking are located in the parking garage, which is just across the street from the terminal. Now, between these two options, long-term and short-term parking, long-term parking is a more cost-effective option than short-term parking. And speaking of cost-effectiveness, can you go ahead and answer this question? So what are the daily rates for each of the airport parking lots? Sure. So there is a daily rate for each of the parking lots, 
it's, you know, it's a maximum that you would pay for each 24 hour period. So the daily rate for economy parking is $10 and the daily rate for long-term parking is $14. And then the daily rate for short-term parking is $20. And you mentioned the location of these parking lots. What is the approximate walk time to each of these? Okay, so if you park in economy parking, I would say on average, it's about a five-minute walk to the airport terminal. Long-term parking, it's a little closer. So on average, I would say that's about a three-minute walk to the airport terminal. And then if you're in short-term parking, you're probably looking at two minutes or less to to make it to the to the terminal. And I like to say with short-term parking, really only the airplanes park closer than you at that point, right? <laughs> it's true because, like I said, the majority of the parking spaces for long-term and short-term are in the parking garage. I think short-term, it's about 90% of the parking spaces and they are closest. So you're absolutely correct, Caitlin, that you know if you park in short-term, it's just a very short walk right to the front door of the terminal. And one question, another question that we get pretty often is sometimes the names of the parking lots can trip people up a little bit. You know, like what is short term? What is long term? So the names don't really matter, right? Like there's no specific time frame for using a specific lot. Is that correct? That is correct. And and you're also correct that that, you know, that passengers often get confused by that because they see that long term parking is a more you know, it's more cost effective than short term, but then they think, well, wait a minute, that said long term, you know, is there some minimum? But you're absolutely correct. There is not. So really economy parking, long term parking and short term parking, they simply provide passengers with a choice. Right. So, you know, and it really just that allows them to select the option that best fits their travel needs. So, for example, if if passengers are looking to reduce their parking costs, then economy parking may be their best choice. But on the other hand, if um, passengers are taking a trip that's you know going to be a quick in and out of the airport, they're not going to be long, then they may determine that short-term parking is the way to go. So it's really all about choice. And you're right, there's there's no minimum requirements. You can park in either option for any amount of time. Perfect. So now transitioning from parking questions to ground transportation, a common question we get um, is what hours are taxi companies available for pickup at the airport? Typically, Caitlin, the taxi companies are at the airport available to pick up passengers from early in the morning when the first flights of the day start arriving until late in the evening until the last flights on the schedule are arriving, so they should be there. Now, having said that, sometimes those flights that are the earliest and the flights that are latest, there may be fewer taxis during those those times, but there should be taxis there available. However, what a lot of passengers like to do, and, and I think some passengers may not be aware you can do this, is that um, if you want to make sure that you know, instead of going out and just taking the next available cab, which is what we call on-demand pickup, you know, passengers could call taxi companies in advance and actually, you know, schedule a pickup. 
and you give them their information and, you know, they'll have your flight and they watch that. They watch those boards. And so, you know, your flight arrives, you go get your luggage at baggage claim. And when you walk out, that scheduled taxi should be waiting. And so I think a lot of times when passengers are on some of the earliest flights or latest, that may be a good option for them. And for passenger convenience, our website provides a list of those taxi companies that are authorized to do business at the airport. So they could go onto our website, call a taxi, you know, and make arrangements for a scheduled pickup. And that way they're assured of having a a taxi waiting on. That is a great tip. Perfect. Thank you, Joel. And thank you so much for answering questions about parking and ground transportation. This will be really helpful for our listeners. Okay. You're welcome. So for these next questions, we have Jennifer Giffen with us. She is the Director of Airport Operations here at the Airport Authority. So Jennifer, the first question that we have for you is, what new cleaning procedures are happening at the airport right now? Okay, Kaylin. So we have a great staff of building services employees, and they are deep cleaning every hour. Um, We've recently purchased a new hydrostatic cleaning machine um, that uses Clorox. We're using that to clean the restrooms, the gates, the seating areas, any of those high traffic passenger areas, and also common touch points. There are also hand sanitizer stations at every gate and every restroom for our traffic. And that was going to be my next question. Do you have hand sanitizer and masks available at the airport? Yes. So we have hand sanitizer available at each gate and each restroom. And we also have complimentary mask at the information booth, which is located on the lower level of the terminal. Perfect. And speaking of that, you know, this is just what the airport staff is doing, but the airlines are also, you know, cleaning everything, cleaning the the boarding bridges, cleaning the aircraft, and they have hand sanitizers and they have masks available. So I would encourage our listeners that if you are traveling, you can check and see what your specific airline is doing too, in regards to cleaning procedures and then what they will offer you on the aircraft. Okay, Jennifer, and then switching gears a little bit, the last question we have for you is, are there still airplanes parked on our closed runway? There are not. We get questions actually all the time back to when there were lots of aircraft on the airfield to now because lots of people driving down Alqua Highway would see the aircraft on the runway. So this has been a really interesting topic. But as of now, we do not have any aircraft that are still on the closed runway um, for a couple of reasons. One excited reason is that that's a sign that air traffic has increased. Those aircraft are back in the fleet of their respective airlines. Um, so that's a good sign. Also, another thing that a lot of people are aware of is that we are under a huge runway reconstruction. So we have reached a point in our construction phase that that pavement that was being used to park aircraft is now getting ready to be under construction. So it kind of lined up really parallel to one another. Um, The aircraft moved out because of increased air traffic, but that's an area that we're beginning construction on as well. Perfect. Okay. Well, that answers all of our questions regarding to airport operations. We appreciate it. Thanks, Caitlin. So for these next few questions, we have Brian White with us. He is the Vice President of Engineering and Planning at the Airport Authority. So Brian, the first question I have for you is, 
Has the pandemic impacted the runway construction project at all? Thanks, Caitlin. Uh, My answer to that is yes and no. So let's start with the yes first. Uh, The yes, it has affected it in the fact that the CARES Act provided 100% funding for our final grants, our final two pieces of work. So normally that's a 90% uh, federal and a 10% local match. And so in this case, the federal government, due to the CARES Act, funded those at 100%. So that's affected it positively. Uh, Something that's affected it negatively is also some of the COVID impacts that we're talking about is actually the FAA schedule. So the Federal Aviation Administration is, and I don't know all of it exactly, we still work with our contacts on a regular basis, uh, but most have gone remote. But one thing that is a little different is a lot of the tech services folks, the field, the the, uh, the teams that actually travel out and, and do approach certifications and approach installs and other such activities, they've been on a restricted travel. So as of now, the final things that we're doing on the runway, uh, one of those includes putting up all of the instrument lighting and all of the instrument landing systems. And all of that uh, requires FAA folks on ground, even if it's a subcontractor, to inspect all of that. So as of now, the FAA for those type of services is still on a restriction. We hope that clears up in the next few months. But if it doesn't, at some time uh, at the start of the summer, of 2021, that's going to become a real issue if the FAA is still locked down. So that's the two yeses that's affected. Now the the no is uh, that it hasn't affected the contractors and their work. They they have kind of quarantined themselves. They have their own practices, and we've really uh, I would have to almost say due to the great work of our contractors, uh, have not skipped a beat on the construction schedule as far as that goes. So we have Harper, who's finishing up two projects as our contractor I was bragging on there. And the other one that's coming in is Utah, and they have the last two projects and pieces of work. And speaking of that, the next question that I have is, when is the runway project expected to be completed? As of now, uh, the, the expected completion date will be no later than, so this is when will the runway open? Uh, the runway open uh, for five left, uh, two, three right will be no later than September slash October of uh, 21. Okay, so for these next few questions, we have Dave Schroth with us. He is the Properties and Risk Manager for the Airport Authority. So Dave, thank you very much for joining us on our podcast. Thanks for having me. The first question that we would like to ask you is, are the rental companies still operating as usual at the airport right now? For the most part, the answer to that is yes. There are some changes that have occurred since the beginning of COVID. One of those is that Enterprise National Alamo, which is the same umbrella company, has two ticket counters, um, one for Enterprise and the other one for Alamo National. They've actually combined and operate underneath just the Alamo National ticket counter. And then the other change that has occurred is the Avis budget ticket counter um, is no longer manned right at the moment. They actually, anybody renting with Avis budget needs to walk just directly into the parking garage to their kiosk and deal with their rental there. But other than that, Hertz, Dollar Thrifty, and then Enterprise National are all manned ticket counters as you enter the baggage claim area, and most of them are operating normal hours. 
And the Avis budget counter, I'm sure there's signage there directing you out to the parking garage, right? Yes, there is. Okay. And I have noticed that the rental car companies are pretty busy lately, which is good. They are. They they actually rebounded quicker than most did just because I think the tourism industry here with the Smoky Mountains brings a lot of people in as well as the college. Absolutely. Okay. So our next question is what are the current hours of operation for our food and retail concessions? Well, that that's a little trickier than the rental cars. Um, we currently have Ruby Tuesdays, Starbucks, Quiznos, all open and operating different hours, as well as we have our gift shop, which is the Tennessee Marketplace and Smoky Mountain Travel Mart. They are open and operating, but different hours than what they would have in the past due to COVID and decreased traveler numbers. Uh, So Ruby Tuesdays currently is open and operating 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. or last departing flight if it's before 7 p.m. So if we have a departing flight at 5, Ruby Tuesdays will close at 5, as well as that's very similar to what the Tennessee Marketplace is doing, which is our post-security gift shop. On the concourse, they're open at 4.30 in the morning and go until 8.30 at night or until the last departing flight. So if a flight leaves again at 5, they usually close down after 5 with nobody in the airport uh, other than those deplaning. They don't stay open, and they're open every day of the week. The Smoky Mountain Travel Mart, which is our pre-security gift shop, is very limited in its hours right at the moment. They are currently operating Monday, Friday, and Sunday from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m., and the occasional Thursday. And then Starbucks is open Monday, Thursday, Friday, and Sunday from 4.30 in the morning until 6 at night, Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday from 4.30 in the morning till noon. And then Quiznos, which recently reopened at the end of September, is closed on Mondays currently. And then on Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday, they're from 8 a.m. till 3 p.m., Thursday and Sunday from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., and then Fridays from 8 a.m. till 6 p.m. Okay, you weren't kidding that that's a little tricky. <laughs> a little all over the place. And it's their hours really are at this point. We as the airport have been working together with them as in a partnership here not to let them or have them stay open beyond what's really necessary to serve the greater number of our travelers. As travelers return, these hours will flux and grow, as well as I know. HMS Host, which is our concessionaire that runs the Starbucks, Quiznos, Cinnabon, and Pizzeria Uno, is looking always to reopen Cinnabon and Pizzeria Uno. They're not at that point yet, but we are getting closer as our traveler numbers continue to grow. Well, and this is an important question for our listeners, because if you are traveling, some of the airlines aren't doing in-flight meals and stuff. So it is important that you know you do plan for that if you want to stop by some of the concessionaires and get some food. So like you said, it's always changing, which is tricky. I do not believe there's an airline out there that's doing anything at this point. I don't think they're serving beverages or food at this point, even on longer flights. Yeah. Okay, good information. Um, And then lastly, speaking of our concessions and speaking of our sit-down concessionaire Ruby Tuesdays, does the announcement of Ruby Tuesdays um, bankruptcy impact their operations within Mickey Tyson Airport at this point? It does not. They are continuing to operate as normal. Obviously, bankruptcy, which they filed Chapter 11, has its 
intricacies that will take some time to work out. And the company has begun that process, but is nowhere near ready for information to go out to the public because there's just nothing that's solid yet. But as we operate, they're going to operate just as I said, as normal from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. or last departing flight for the foreseeable future. Great. And then um, you said the last departing flight. Does that include, I wonder if they stay open if there's delays in that departing flight. Do you know? Yes, they do. So if there's, and it really depends if it's one flight that's delayed, usually what most of our concessionaires do is walk down to see what type of crowd is actually at the flight. So if it's only a a flight that's 25% occupied, they may find that there's not really a true need to stay open. But I guess it's really a case by case scenario. Perfect. Okay, Dave. Well, thank you so much for answering those questions for us. We really appreciate it. Sure. Thanks for having me. Okay, and finally, we are going to answer a bunch of questions that honestly didn't really fit in any other airport department. So you've heard from engineering, air service development, operations, accounting, and now we're going to hear from a department that you all hear from every single episode, and that is public relations. So Becky, thank you so much for answering these final questions for us. Oh, surprise, it's me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so the first question is, what is the mask requirement at the airport? The mask requirement at the airport is actually set by the airlines that serve us. So what we do is recommend that people contact the airline they're traveling with or visit their websites. Their websites have an inordinate amount of information right now about what's required through their whole process and where masks are required. We are more than highly encouraging people to have them in the terminal building throughout their whole process from the moment they get out of their vehicle until the moment they get off their plane at the end of their trip. So the airport itself is not requiring mask usage, but we are extremely highly, can't say it more than that, encouraging you to wear masks because you need them in ticket counter areas. You need them at the checkpoint. You need them on board an aircraft. It is best just to have them throughout the entire process. Next question. Are people allowed into the airport to see off their loved ones, even if they aren't actually traveling? Yes. Uh, Even from the beginning of the pandemic, our lobby has been open for people to bring their family, friend, business acquaintance, whatever it might be the purpose of their travel out to the terminal building. Um, So yes, you are allowed to come to the airport even if you're not traveling out. And the next question is, if you are traveling out, um, how early should you arrive for your flight during the pandemic? You know, that's a tricky question because sometimes it depends on if you're flying internationally, if you're flying domestically, do you have all of your ducks in a row in regards to traveling uh, for everything that you need to. We are encouraging people to get here at least an hour and a half before their domestic departure and two and a half hours before an international flight. But that's just because there could be some hiccups along the way, paperwork that needs to be changed. Uh, So just making sure that you're educated about things before you come out to the terminal by visiting our website and looking at the COVID update that runs across our website at flyknoxville.com. Looking at the website of the airline that you're flying with, if you have questions, either calling the airport or calling your airline prior to coming out here, that actually reduces the time that you'll need to be at the terminal building because you'll be more prepared for that travel experience. Great. And then are there any restrictions for Tennessee to fly in or out of? Well, that's another tricky question. 
because it really depends. Coming into and out of Tennessee, no, the state of Tennessee does not have a requirement for quarantining if you're coming to see us. But there are some states that if you're flying from Tennessee into those states that do require uh, that you do uh, a 14-day quarantine when you land in those cities. Uh, One of the things that we have learned, too, that does not impact connecting flights. So, for example, if you flew out of Miggy Tyson through Chicago going to California, Chicago is one of those areas where you would have to quarantine. And so you do not have to quarantine if you're staying in the airport only for a few hours to catch your next flight onto your final destination in California. So uh, it's not that. There are these things that are set up so that you don't have to do it if you're in a place less than 24 hours. If you're interested in knowing if the place you're traveling to is one of those destinations that is requiring a quarantine, then you can visit our website as well. We link off to the State Department, and we also have link off to different places where you can check the places that you're going to visit to determine whether or not you have to quarantine upon your arrival. But when you fly back into Tennessee, there are no requirements for quarantining. Okay, great. And now we're going to switch gears a little bit. And our next question, where does the money go that people donate to the bear in front of the fountain at the airport? This is a little lighter question. <laughs> yeah, totally unexpected. It's not something, let's talk about all the restrictions for travel. And then let's talk about the bear. <laughs> the bear has actually been in the terminal building since we did our renovations in 2000. It's through a partnership with the Friends of the Smokies organization. And it goes back to promoting the beauty of the Great Smoky Mountains. Because we know that people fly into our airport to visit one of the most beautiful places in the world. And it is there to help make donations towards keeping it as natural and as beautiful as it is. Great. And then next question, I've heard you have to have the real ID in order to fly. Is that currently true? We are actually getting a lot of those questions right now because originally prior to the pandemic, October 1st of this year was the deadline to get a real ID, which is the federal identification that has a star on it. It's your driver's license that has the star on it that uh, allows you to fly. It allows you to get into federal buildings and some other restrictions. And it is part of what came out of the 9-11 Commission and making sure that we had a federal standardized documentation to travel and to do all those things as part of our safety and security measures. So that has actually been pushed now. You do not have to have a real ID until October of 2021. So you have another year to do so. But you know what? If you're getting it renewed, then you need to go ahead and get them done um, and go ahead and, and renew those and get the star put on it now so that you don't have to worry about it because they anticipate that there will be longer lines trying to do it last minute. If you want to learn more about it, we actually talked to TSA in a previous episode about what real ID requirements are there for and why they're needed. So if you want to know more about that, just check out one of the other versions of this podcast. Perfect. Okay. Last question. So I have kind of run the gamut with you of a bunch of different questions. And I feel like in public relations, you have to know a little bit about everything and be willing to help our travelers no matter what. So what is something that we come in contact with often or we deal with often that maybe our listeners wouldn't really expect? I think that one of the things that surprises me, and it's something that you don't typically expect at an airport, is we are the basis of a lot of scams. A lot of people use the airport because it's a trusted location um, to try to scam people, either through internet dating or through pet scams where you're purchasing animals or purchasing puppies or, or whatever that might be. Um, A lot of these are, you know, someone will meet someone online and they'll send money for an airline ticket and then they don't show up. 
or they say that you need to report to our customs area at the airport and we don't have customs at McGee Tyson uh, to pick up the check from your long lost aunt who left you money from an inheritance. So the thing is, people use us as a backdrop for that type of scam. And so uh, we do get lots of questions and have to clarify some of that. Uh, and, and that's just a shame that people do. But that is something very unique about airports that maybe you don't typically think about as a listener. Absolutely. And I would just add to that, make sure any communication you're getting is from your specific airline. You know, you see that airline email or the logo, make sure that it's valid and just do your research before you communicate and you engage with somebody because unfortunately it happens and it, you just have to be careful. Yeah. Okay. Well, that concludes our final Q and a interview. Becky, thank you for being a, um, you're not a guest, but thank you for answering these <laughs> questions for us. I really like being on this side this time, though. It really <laughs> rocks. I think this is the easy part of it all. So I will do this anytime. And I hope that the listeners have enjoyed this format because we have tried to take as many questions and answer them. And obviously, they're all over the place from the bear to COVID to pet scans. You know, so it's a little bit all over the place. If you have a question and you're listening, we are always trying to find ways of providing education to the people who travel through our facility or who are interested in aviation in general. So visit our website at From the Runway Up and send us a note. Absolutely. And I think this episode really highlighted the fact that our employees, our airport experts, if you will, really, really love what they do and they are experts at what they do. So feel free to ask us any question, no matter how out there you think it is, because I guarantee we can find somebody that has accurate information that they're willing to share with you. So thank you so much for submitting these questions and thank you for tuning in to this episode. And I'd like to say one last thank you to all the people who took their time out of their busy day to share their expertise and thank you to our employees for doing so.